I'd like now uh, just to briefly summarize. Uh, we had an invitation for uh, all to join us at 9 o'clock, but we know that that's a challenge to, to make it here an hour early for a congregational meeting. But we have a responsibility and an obligation uh, as a congregation, as a nonprofit in the state of Ohio, to share every year with the congregation uh, updates from the year and present a budget for the following year and invite the congregation uh, then to express uh, their support of that in the form of a vote, which is not today. That'll be two weeks from today. But we take it as an opportunity to reflect on uh, the year uh, that we've also had and the ways that God has blessed us. And so, uh, Cindy, if you advance to the next slide, as I thought back on 2023, it was an opportunity for us to reflect and celebrate God's faithfulness. Uh, we had, uh, we marked the occasion of Brad's 20 years of service here. He's not with us this morning because he's under the weather, uh, and so we invite your prayers for him. He wanted to be here, uh, but uh, we had the opportunity to celebrate uh, 20 years of pastoral service uh, here back in May, and then my 20 years was just a few months later of serving in local church ministry, and for me, it wasn't entirely in this space, but uh, both of us uh, said yes to serving in the local church just a few months apart from each other, and we consider it a great gift to serve together. Uh, some of you were also here when the Sobies were with us back in May, and we presented them a plaque from the governor uh, of our state acknowledging their long service in Ukraine uh, for, for many, many years and, and over a decade of faithful service in that country. And the, the joy that it was and all of the hardship that they've had to endure uh, to, to show them the acknowledgement, not just of our congregation, but even of our governmental leadership, to recognize uh, the unique contributions that they have made uh, on behalf of others. And it was a joy to celebrate those occasions. It's also been a joy, if you go to the next slide, to see the way the expansion of our building has progressed. So in our congregational meeting and update last year, uh, the next picture is what we showed you all. Uh, we had just gotten started uh, on expanding our kids space. And so now if you go backwards, Cindy one, uh, the joy to now see that uh, our desire was in phase one to, to build it out and complete the exterior so that it would look like it was always there. And on a quick drive by, it, it looks that way. And we are thankful for the relationship that we've had with our general contractor and subcontractors and many of you who volunteered your time to help us uh, stay on or under budget as we've moved forward with this expansion. And we're just thankful for uh, uh, the progress that's happened uh, in that regard this past year. That included, uh, though, at this time last year, our playground for our children had been torn down and as we were building out new space for them uh, we were bummed to have to tear down their outdoor space to play and so we needed another army of volunteers to help put together this new space that our target was to have it ready for our reach fundraiser and it took a lot of hands and leadership to help make that happen but we were able to and I don't have it on video uh, but uh, I had others come up to me and tell me I wish you could have seen the run across the yard to, to go use it the very first uh, Sunday there in September when it was finally open to be used and the joy that it brought uh, to many to have that there. And again, we thank the congregation for how they supported that. And at that same time, we had shared that phase one was complete and uh, we thought that we were uh, still able to move forward on a few aspects of the of the expansion that we thought by winter time we could uh, install the insulation and drywall and, and get it ready and the congregation responded to that and gave generously so that now everything the drywall work is done the insulation is in we are 
ready now to start painting and we'll have people who will organize volunteers who would raise their hand to say hey I'd love to help now as it's all uh, uh, winterized and so we can keep on working uh, even as the weather turns cold there'll be opportunities for people who want to help uh, get us to occupancy uh, and our prayer is that we can start using those classrooms by Easter uh, and trying therefore to think through what is it that we need to get done so that within just a few months time classrooms can be open and then there'll still be needs afterwards of, of things to add and complete but what what is the minimum we need to do to get uh, our occupancy so that we can begin to enjoy the space that you've also sacrificially given and it is a space for our children and our teens but it also gives us greater capacity for our Bible studies and our small groups and our prayer meetings. Uh, right now, uh, multiple groups have to share the same room, which makes it a challenge to then set up those rooms for people. So uh, the completion of this expansion actually will benefit all of us uh, as it uh, is done. And so we just want to acknowledge uh, the generosity of the congregation that since uh, the end of August, uh, right after that is when we had our missions fundraiser, uh, the congregation gave over 46000 above and beyond the allocation that goes from our budget to support uh, missionaries. And we make that announcement very publicly because most of that comes in on one Sunday and we get to share the good news with people about that. Uh, but what you might not know is since that same time, we've now had almost the same amount come in towards the building expansion, which has helped us complete the drywall and the insulation and to keep on moving it. And so the congregation's uh, just been incredibly generous and we're very, very thankful for that. So for 2024, uh, we have a budget that shows an increase uh, from 375 this year to 400 next year in our fixed costs. That does not uh, reflect uh, what we need to do our above and beyond opportunities like completing the expansion. And so we try to keep our fixed costs uh, as tight as we can. We try to give out of our general budget to our missionaries and then create additional opportunities like reach and other things to support them. This last year, that also included a mission trip of our teenagers to Mexico. So not only uh, did the congregation support global missions at reach, but we fully funded the missionary trip for eight people to go to Mexico this past year. And Brad intends to lead another trip this coming year uh, back to Mexico and, and, and see how many would go again. And so we're thankful for that. This is something that uh, we don't usually talk about in detail on a normal Sunday, uh, but we do this so that um, uh, there's an opportunity for uh, questions to come in over the next two weeks uh, that as a part of the congregation, we share the collective responsibility to steward the resources that have been entrusted to us. And we have volunteer treasurers uh, who manage uh, that information. I'm just presenting it to you, uh, but there's a, a window now of two weeks to ask questions and uh, seek more information that we can share before a congregational vote on December 17th. And that vote will happen before and after the service. The goal is not to disrupt the service. There'll be a kids program. Uh, that'll be back at the Welcome Center. Uh, and so, again, we invite your uh, any questions or uh, your prayers, uh, but we just thank you for your ongoing generosity to enable us to do uh, all that we're able to do. So thank you very, very much. At this time, then, I'll invite you to take your Bibles and to open it to Psalm 49. This psalm has been a great psalm to actually study in preparation for uh, a congregational update and to think through what are our financial needs, but also to think through what 
the future is and the warning that this psalm gives for all of us to consider that though we, we all have needs and in that we need resources to supply for those needs, none of us are encouraged by Scripture to ultimately place our trust or our confidence in our resources. Our faith is always supposed to be in God who gives all things. Our, our hope is supposed to come from His character and not from ourselves. And Psalm 49 is a psalm that uh, will very much, if you're familiar with it, feel like the book of Ecclesiastes as a warning for those who are beginning to place their faith in their resources or their wealth, or they're beginning to despair because of their lack of resources or wealth. This is a psalm that will read uh, in a very convicting way it was to me, and I trust it will be to all of us, is there's always lessons to learn in this regard. So Psalm 49 reads, Hear this, all peoples, give ear, all inhabitants of the world, both low and high, rich and poor together. My mouth shall speak wisdom, the meditation of my heart shall be understanding. I will incline my ear to a proverb, I will solve my riddle to the music of the lyre. Why should I fear in times of trouble when the iniquity of those who cheat me surrounds me, those who trust in their wealth and boast of the abundance of their riches? Truly no man can ransom another or give to God the price of his life, for the ransom of their life is costly and can never suffice that he should live on forever and never see the pit. For he sees that even the wise die. The fool and the stupid alike must perish and leave their wealth to others. Their graves are their homes forever, their dwelling places to all generations. Though they called lands by their own names, man in his pomp will not remain. He is like the beasts that perish. This is the path of those who have foolish confidence. Yet after them, people approve of their boats. Like sheep, they are appointed for shield. Death shall be their shepherd, and the upright shall rule over them in the morning. Their forms shall be consumed in shield with no place to dwell. But God will ransom my soul from the power of shield, for he will receive me. So be not afraid. When a man becomes rich, when the glory of his house increases, for when he dies, he will carry nothing away. His glory will not go down after him, for though while he lives, he counts himself blessed, and though you get praise when you do well for yourself, his soul will go to the generation of his fathers, who will never again see light. Man in his pomp, yet without understanding, is like the beasts that perish. And that concludes... Psalm 49. You might read it and say, this doesn't feel very uh, Christmas-appropriate uh, uh, sort of a psalm, and I submit to you, uh, it doesn't, uh, but in a reverse psychology kind of way, it reads a bit like a Christmas carol, which takes the opportunity of the season, which most of us think about, uh, a year in its entirety, and also think about the opportunity to bless one another with gifts, to also be reminded uh, of things uh, that all of Scripture would tell us to, to not ignore in the midst of our celebrations, that actually our celebrations will become richer and more enjoyable as we take seriously what the Scriptures say about life. 
and the psalmist is honest that this is a he describes the psalm as a riddle and it's a riddle about life's riddles uh, it is a riddle uh, that he's putting to music and saying I want everybody to listen all the peoples rich and poor young and old he's he's trying to get everybody's attention to say this applies to all of us universally not just those of us who believe in God if you don't believe in God these are still so much of what is here in this psalm is what we all wrestle with on a regular basis that we have to come up with a sense of answers about or a sense of peace or uh, will lack it for the entirety of our lives and some of you might like a good riddle I was trying to think back is it the movie life is beautiful uh, where the one character is a doctor who's just always trying to get a new riddle and so the main actor comes up with one and says uh, here's one for you the bigger I get the less you see me and he's like wrestling over that and if I remember correctly do you know the solve the, the answer to the riddle the bigger I get the less you see me I believe it was obscurity uh, in life is beautiful if you haven't seen that movie in a long time it's an amazing uh, movie to watch. It was powerful for me to rewatch it. I was moved by it the first time, but when I rewatched it now that I have children, it just hit me a whole nother way. Um, that was like, I, I need to have this as something I just watch every, <laughs> uh, every now and again. But the psalmist is acknowledging that there's a lot of riddles in life. And so there's scriptures that we can read, even about money, wealth, possessions, and uh, we can read Proverbs that say, you know, if you work hard, you will have an abundance. And not only will you have an abundance, but you'll have an abundance that allows you to provide for your kids and for future generations if you work hard. And then we have Proverbs that acknowledge if you're lazy and you don't work very hard, uh, and you'll squander what you have and you'll have broken relationships around you. And, and we can read Proverbs like that and hopefully we read them and we want to apply them to our lives and say, God, help me to be diligent with my gifts, help me to work hard, help me to save over time. But the Proverbs also acknowledge those Proverbs aren't promises that you will always get this if you do this. Because there are plenty of times where people by unjust means actually become powerful. And that's a riddle for us. Or there's plenty of times where there's people who we know work so hard, they, they are so willing to give of themselves to other people and prematurely, they receive a diagnosis of illness that prevents their ability to work. And it's a riddle to us. Wait a minute. I thought if you work hard and try hard and if you live by faith, you'll, you'll receive an abundance and you'll be able to pass it on. And it's only the lazy who will suffer. And then sometimes in life, no, we see that it's wickedness sometimes prevails. And diligence sometimes is not rewarded. So that we then have just as many Proverbs that say, listen, better is a little with integrity than a lot without it. And that's an acknowledgement that in life, it doesn't always add up. That with integrity comes wealth and with um, injustice comes poverty. No, sometimes because we live in a broken world, A plus B doesn't always equal C. And it confuses us. It causes us to ask questions and wonder why that is the case. But it's helpful that, to see that Scripture regularly uh, deals with that. It acknowledges that life does not always work out in, a, in the sequence that we might imagine. And as a parent of kids, it is amazing how quickly, uh, I don't think I ever sat down with our kids and said, let me teach you what unfairness is. 
but they have an amazing capacity to spot it all over the time, all over the place, and say, that you can't do that, that's not fair, and that's not fair, and why did he get this and I didn't get that? They, they receive no instruction, no training on that. But at a very young age, you can pick up on some of the riddles of life, the limitations of our time and our effort, the way broken relationships affect uh, dynamics that are around us. And here, uh, the psalmist is saying, I, I don't want to ignore any of that. I want you to pay attention, and I, I, I think you're thinking it a lot of times as you're going about your day, as you're driving to work, as you're preparing to send the next email. You're, you're wrestling with uh, what is confusing at times in our broken world to see often how things come about. And so this psalm is a riddle about life's riddles. It's also a reminder of the inevitable. Um, there is a sober judgment in this psalm to remind all of us that there is a fate we will all share together. And so the reason the psalmist wants the attention of everyone is because he's going to describe what is the reality for everyone. Young and old, low and high, rich and poor, that there is a reality that all of us will walk through death's door. And if you've... Uh, had the experience of flying somewhere and know what it's like to go through a security gate before you fly. That, that's the image that sort of came to my mind as this psalm uh, was being unpacked. That when you go through security at the airport, you have to have as few things on you as possible. And then they'll ask you a series of questions. Do you have any money in your pocket? Take it out. Do you have a phone in your pocket? Take it out. Do you have this? Take it out. You have your shoes on? Take your shoes off. Like, you get down to now fairly uh, minimal things that are allowed to be on you as you go through and transition from being in one place to another. And it, it applies to everybody. Everybody has to unload as they go through. And the psalmist is saying death is like that. Every one of us, rich or poor, young or old, when it comes to the reality of death, says, do you have a phone on you? Get rid of it. Do you have a bank account? It doesn't matter anymore. Do you have shoes on? You don't need them here. Like, when you come through this door, whatever that was is no longer what you have when you come through this. And that's a reality for all of us. That is the inevitability that everyone will face. And though it's inevitable, we need the reminders at times of that because there's something in our minds that wants not to think about it, wants not to dwell on that. And uh, if you've traveled with people, uh, you, you have that sense of tension if you do realize, like, oh, as I'm traveling with this person, it's going to take a lot longer to get through security because they are not very well-versed on, like, hey, well, this is coming so let's not make this, you know, any longer than it needs to be, and let's get prepared and have stuff that is not in the way, uh, that's not going to keep us from going through. Uh, but we have this way of forgetting or wanting not to reflect on that reality for each and every one of us. But it's, again, a mark of the brokenness of this world. God created it good. God created human beings with the opportunity to, in obedience to him, experience the blessing of life forever. But that blessing has now been lost. And so we live in a world where none of us is given that option. And so as the psalmist goes on to say, nobody has enough money that they can give as a ransom to stay here a lot longer. 
Some of us might be able to buy ourselves a few more days, a few more months, but nobody can buy ourselves enough to avoid the ultimate reality that we will one day go through death's door. And so in this reminder of the inevitable is this acknowledgement that there is a ransom we cannot pay. None of us, though I don't know what you have and you don't know what I have, none of us have, even all together, enough to ultimately avoid that reality. Uh, the very back of our property, you can walk uh, past the pavilion into the woods and then you will enter into uh, the Rose Hill Cemetery that most of us will pull into off of uh, Marcus Street because it sort of makes an L shape from here to Jen. My father is buried at Rose Hill Cemetery. My grandparents are buried at Rose Hill Cemetery. I go there fairly often when there's anniversaries or birthdays and see the place of many loved ones who have gone. I can remember uh, it's now been over eight years since my father passed and he died very young, only 62 years old, so they did not yet have a burial place. Uh, and uh, as he was diagnosed with cancer, then they, they got one. But I then was meeting the funeral director, and partly by being a pastor and doing lots of funerals, I just asked the funeral director there, how, how much um, available cemetery plots are there? Like, if I want one day to be buried where my parents are, do I need to, like, act now? And I was surprised, and he said, no, 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 we have enough real estate for at least 150 years. And I looked around, I'm like, I think of Montrose as congested, right? <laughs> there's, there's not a lot more room to put new things in. But they have capacity for 150 more years. Because again, when you get to that point, everybody gets the same size space. There isn't a need for all the things that in this life we might drive down one street versus another street and some of you love and dream and imagine of having large acreage and some of you like to be smaller and you prefer a condo and nothing to maintain. We will experience life in all kinds of different ways. But the psalmist is reminding us that in the inevitability of passing from this life to the next, none of us have enough to ultimately avoid it. It's a ransom we cannot pay. But Psalm 49 doesn't end there. The psalmist, in, in looking at that all honestly, says, but God can redeem me from this. I can't solve this problem, but God can solve this problem. God who gave me life can give me life again. God who breathed the spirit of life into me so that I existed can give to each and every one of us eternal life. God who gave us our initial bodies can give us new bodies that never decay. And the psalmist, even though he does not yet know the full story of Christmas and the coming of Jesus on our behalf, already has the confidence that God can do what we cannot do for ourselves. So though he says, truly no man can ransom one from another, he has this confidence in verse 15 to say but God will ransom my soul from the power of Sheol for he will receive me that God can give that to each and every one of us as a gift what we cannot afford to buy he can graciously freely give us that's the good news 
That's what we celebrate. That's why Jesus, even in describing his ministry, said that he came to give his life as a ransom for many. We can't do it on our own. We can't avoid it from happening. We don't have enough funds to buy our way out of it. But each and every one of us, the rich and the poor, the young and the old, the high and the low, can receive the offer of his salvation. We can receive the gift of his redemption. And so this is a redemption that we should celebrate. The, the word redemption, we might not think of it in economic terms as much today, but it has economic terms. It means to purchase back, to say, I, I know this was gone, but I'm going to pay a price to say, no, 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 that's not how it ends. It's, this is mine again, and I'm going to give it the eternal life and vibrancy and strength that it was always meant to have. I'm going to have it experience the reality of heaven and perfect holiness and peace in my presence forever. This is what is offered to the world. This is the good news that we share. And that's why in the message of the gospel, even in the goodness of Christmas, there is a mixture of emotions of recognizing at the same time our absolute poverty before God to save ourselves. But then, the abundant joy that we should have, that he has come to bring good news of peace on earth and goodwill towards men and women who come to him by faith. But you might say, I don't want to come to Jesus. I don't want to trust him in that way. Well, the challenge of the psalmist is, well, then what else are you going to trust him? Where, where else are you going to place your hope and faith? What are you going to do when you have to go through the security gate and everything has to come out and come off? Come to him. Receive what he's willing to give you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you for its the ways it convicts us. We thank you that you've given us life. And though it's a broken world and though it presents so many riddles to us, there's something about thinking even about its end that reminds us what an amazing gift it is. What a sacred uh, thing that you have done to give us breath and days, opportunities to greet one another, to know one another, to share in one another's challenges and sufferings, to have relationships with one another. Father, we thank you for making all of that possible for us. But we also pray that you would help us to be sobered by the reality of life and its limitations. That you would help none of us to place our hope or our confidence in ourselves or our resources, but to trust in your grace and in your grace alone. And Father, we pray if there's anybody here that doesn't yet have that kind of faith in you, that even this season of celebrating the coming of your Son and our Savior would be for them a whole new celebration, more meaningful and significant than a wish list, than a toy, than a present, but the gift of eternal life. We pray that you would, through your Holy Spirit, draw more and more hearts unto you. In Jesus' name, amen.